Welcome everyone to 123 Yes Wrestling, where we want to bring the love back to professional wrestling. I am Chris, and as always, I am joined by Corey and Ed. How are we doing, guys? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, we'll see how well I'll be doing as the podcast progresses, but, you know, we'll kind of bring that story in as we go along. From now on, I want to be known as the Almighty. Oh, we have to have the new Corey Vallow, the Almighty Ed, the 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 Scottish psychopath Chris. You know <laughs> what other nicknames are there? The boss, the legit one. Oh boy, the rowdy uh, one, uh, the, the top one percent, the top one percent. They all have to have their name that they say. Felt like somebody else had one too, but they're ridiculous. But yeah, the Almighty Ed. Yeah, that's that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. In case you didn't know, this is the only episode 12 of 123 Yes Wrestling there will ever be. And we come to you guys every Friday with some highlights from the week of wrestling. We have a great show this week. We're going to touch on some big news stories, investigate the answer to the question, is WWE doing too many women's first too close together? That came from Corey this week, and I'm excited to dive into that one and dive into all the new changes in the new WWE. As always, you can join the discussion by emailing us at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com and make sure you leave your name and where you are writing from so we can give you a proper shout-out on the show. We're always available on Apple and Google Podcast Services as well as Spotify and Podbean. We're looking for those reviews and how many stars we want, Corey. Five Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars on Apple. Give them to I us. don't know why I, st- I, I think I, I'm sorry. To, I don't know why I stuck on my hand and did the five, like as if our listeners can actually see my five fingers. Well, but well, yeah, Ed, did, Ed did the you know the old DX point at you, and we were I, pointing I, at you and doing you know we got to entertain ourselves while we're yeah. doing. This. I mean, we're not superstars yet, to where we will have you know the pod available on YouTube. But I believe one day we will do and, that. We and then you can that see. And hold on, for the record. Right. Ed's pointing to me because he's trying to redeem himself after last week when he cut me off. So that's what this is all about. There's still tension there. I actually, I just saved the moment because you were going to drop the ball. Ball at you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> all right, and we are starting this show like every proper wrestling show should with the curtain jerker. So we have a couple items on our curtain jerkers of the week. Uh, first, we're going to start off with All Elite Wrestling announcing that they're not hiring writers. No writers in uh, All writers. Elite you know, Wrestling. I'm actually okay with that. To to start, to start, and let me explain why. That's crap. Because <laughs> I think what they're trying to do mm-hmm. is they got to lay a foundation mm-hmm. for this company in terms of what is the identity of All Elite Wrestling. So. You know, is this going to be WWE, or are they going to try to create something that just feels, looks, and the presentation is different? And I think the way you got to start this off is you got to start looking at the the system of what WWE is like. And clearly, I think we can all admit WWE has got a huge system that involves writers, everything from the matches to the promos. Um, whether it's in the ring or backstage, I mean, uh, the last I heard, there was, what, like 40 writers? Which blows my mind if you think about it. 40 people are involved in the writing process for WWE on a weekly basis. 
I can see how there can be difficulties with um, the WWE presentation when you got 40 writers. Because that's too many minds. And how do you get 40 people to all be on the same page, you know, week to week on, on a product? So does this mean they're going to try to go with traditional booking, meaning one booker and well, that's it? Or oh. like what what is the plan if they're not going to have writers? Well, I think it's going to come down to, like you said, the booking, and then it's going to come down to just them. It's everyone for themselves. You know, you your successor, you sink or swim on your own. So if you can't cut a promo or you can't come up with something interesting to say, then you're out. I mean, you're done. It's, there's no redeeming. There's no, I mean, I understand writers and scripts. Yeah, I, bullet points are fine, well, but by having nobody well, in charge of that, that, that's it's not that there's nobody in charge. Really it's just the, the, you know, the wrestlers collaborate together. So what Cody, and Cody actually talked about this. He said that, you know, have a structure to it, but then, let the the worker, you know, do his art. You know, he's like, if if they're he even said he's like, if you're make if you make it to all elite wrestling, you've you have enough experience, you have done this enough, where you should be able to go out and perform your craft. So I think he's giving, you know, structured freedom. So and, and think about this, guys. This is Attitude Era, where they didn't have the scripted promos there. They told Stone Cold, hey, this, these are the things you gotta get across, get it done. And that's what he did. But, and, and a lot fewer. Yeah, so, but they still had writers. And, and keep in mind, it's not that they don't have writers, it's just oh, the yeah. writers are wrestlers. And let's be real, it's not like every wrestler on that roster is gonna have like 100% freedom. Cody and the Young Bucks to start, they're the the head honchos of that writing process, if you want to call it writing. So they're going to lay out uh, structured uh, uh, plans for storylines and things like that. But I don't think they're going to micromanage it because that's what WWE is doing. Mike, WWE micromanages every aspect from the matches to every uh, syllable of a promo. Do you fear, though, that that is just a foregone conclusion to what some critics are saying about AEW, is that this is going to be a, a sandbox for the elite? Yeah, I mean, to a point. I mean, it, this is that what they've been doing with being the elite. They kind of put together their own, and they did that while they worked in other companies. They were like, hey, we're going to keep this, going to push our storylines. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep doing that. And they're comfortable with that, and they're able to run that way. But how do you run an entire business that way? How do you run when you have an 80-man roster, when you have all of these multiple storylines? You have to come up with weekly TV for two hours a week, when you have to make sure everybody's getting over and you're... It's just but I mean, I, I think you guys are totally want to come confused back about to your this. Show it's on not that basis. they don't have any structure. It's like it's like for example, if Cody, you know, tells Hangman Page, because um, it looks like he's gonna what have a feud with Neville, you know, he, he, they're gonna lay it out. They're like, hey, this is this is where we got to get to, and this week we're gonna try to do this. So you gotta 
put together something that's going to achieve this goal, and then next week you got to do this that's going to achieve this goal. So it's not like it's total free reign. That's why I'm a little confused with what you guys are thinking. You know that there's no there's no uh, um, I guess organization or, or structure to it. Um, I I'm okay with. I think they are going to have structure and organization. They need to be bigger than the elite. Is my point. I know it's all elite wrestling, but it can't just be about these guys, and it can't just be about their storylines. So I'm really hopeful that we get more talent added to the roster, so we can feel that way. But right now, I still feel like, especially if they're going to be doing the writing, that it could very well just be, like I said, a sandbox where these guys are just putting themselves over all day, and that's what they can't do to make this work. And speaking of adding talent to the AEW roster, we had some several WWE wrestlers asking for their release this week. Uh, the Revival, there's rumors that they went after Raw and asked for their release, as well as oh, the Canellises. This is this 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 asked for their release. I have different feelings about both of these things, but where do you guys fall on if? They're going to get their release if they. Chances are they're going to get neveled and they're just going to sit on the at home for the next year. Um, but how do how do we feel about these guys? People trying to leave, as we talked about with WWE possibly losing I, lower. I think that these people are asking for a release. It's okay. First off, you've just now let the WWE basically say, okay, now they're going to sit you on the shelf. You know, let your contract run out. And then there's like a, what, a six month no fight clause after the contract's up. So honestly, dumb move. Keep your mouth shut. I actually, I agree with you completely, Corey. And I know sometimes we don't agree, but the, in this way I do. I think this was silly. And I think that if you've read lately, even the Canellas have actually been backtracking on the story. Today, Maria uh, posted on Twitter that uh, the internet doesn't know everything, and, um, you know, Mike was never in rehab, and he was on the road with me. So, yeah, I mean, this puts them in a very awkward place. Uh, these contracts are not easy to get out of, and to Corey's point, I mean, yeah, where are you going to go? Like, okay, you get released, but then you have a no-compete clause. I don't think there's going to be a way out of that. Just to put a little bit more structure behind Maria Canellis' tweet was a big thing that came out was that, oh, yeah, we haven't been used. We want out of our contract. But the majority of their contract has been spent, at least rumor-wise, her being pregnant and him in rehab. So it's <laughs> like, what is, what are they supposed to do with you? You know, at this point, you know, I'm glad he's doing better. He looks amazing. You know, you see some of his... his uh Jim selfies and stuff, and I mean, he's taking care of himself, and he looks in good shape, and you know, I was excited to see when they showed up on 205 Live, but they haven't still haven't done anything, so I don't know all the different structure behind that, but I mean, with them, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, at the same time, have they put in enough to make WWE want to do something with them? I, I think with the way he looks, though, I, I don't know how you can ignore it. I mean, he looks great. I mean, his transformation is phenomenal. Um, you know, yeah, uh, Maria getting pregnant obviously is, you know, that was a huge wrench in the, in the process of getting them over because, I mean, you need them both. I mean, it, they were brought in as a package deal. So, but I mean, they, 
they haven't had an opportunity to really shine in WWE, and I think that this would be an opportunity. It's kind of like what you were saying, Chris, with, um, um, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting his name again. DDP. No, not DDP. <laughs> um, the one that's not going to go to WWE that you wanted to go. Kenny Omega? Kenny Omega. The cleaner. Where, the cleaner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, believe me, I'm having a moment. Um, no, but, Come, you know, get yourself established in WWE. Be, have, you know, become a bigger name so that when the contract does run out, All Elite is going to be even more interested in you. Because here's the thing: All Elite's totally aware that a ton of people are going to be banging on their door, saying, "Hey, I need a job. I need a job." So they're gonna have to narrow their choices. And right now, Mike Canellis. Does he have a lot of stock to his name? My personal opinion, no. So build yourself in WWE, get your name over, and then if you want to go to All Elite and be used a little bit better, okay, cool. And then you can see what All Elite is. If you have a year left on your contract, let's see what you could do with it. Be like, I mean, the Revival's trying, they're running their mouths at least, trying to get something going. But, I mean, you at least spend the year doing something, and if it AEW takes off and really becomes the thing that everyone wants it to be, then there's a place and there's a thing for you to go. Right now, it's it's nothing. You know, it's one show in May. That's all All Elite Wrestling is right now. So it's like the idea of all these people wanting to jump just to go over there for what? <laughs> you know, I mean, I understand being happy and being unhappy, but like like Corey said, you know, use the time to try to build a name and try to do something. And if you got to Zack Ryder it by becoming an internet champion for the next year, do it. You know, I mean, if they send them home for the next year, put on a YouTube show, start a podcast, start talking, start running, start putting together something, you know, so then you're worth something when you get out of your contract. But, you know, the idea of asking for your release just to get set on the bench, because they're not going to let anybody go, because the AEW, they don't want AEW to be a thing. I just, I just think it's interesting, too, the revival. I mean, yeah, these guys had a very good run in NXT, and they've had a questionable run on the main roster. And same kind of principle as the Canellis. I'm going to not stop doing that. That's just, Oh yeah, that's forever. That's forever now. But I mean, these guys both had injuries, very serious injuries that took them off TV. They were getting a decent push when they got brought to the main roster. They both get injured. They come back and now they're suddenly upset that they are feuding with uh Mexican new day, Lucha house party. Okay. I mean, guys, you're on television. You were fighting for the tag team titles. So I don't understand where the disconnect is that they suddenly feel they're not being used right. I think right now they've been probably used the best they have since being on the main roster. So if it is true that they asked for their release, it's really very silly. Um, They could be Sanity sitting over on SmackDown who hasn't been on TV in months. Oh, Don't even get me started on that. And the thing is, is that we're starting to see, and we'll talk about this stuff in in a little bit, but we're starting to see the changes WWE are making. So... And the fact, like you just said, Revival is now starting to become used. Okay, keep moving forward. You know, eventually WWE is going to, if if they're continuing to use you, they're using you for a reason. So, and there should be a, hopefully a build to something. Because, you know, the, the tag team division right now, you know, it's like th- there needs to be some spicing it up a little bit. And the Revival could be a huge part of it. 
and spicing up the tag team divisions this week. The Bludgeon Brothers have been cleared for action. So both of them, I think they. Were, I know Eric Rowan was out. I think Luke Harper ended up injured as well. Um, so they've been out for a while now, and uh, they look like they're cleared and ready to come back to SmackDown. I would assume. Um, so what do we think they're going to do with the Bludgeon Brothers? Are they going to be the Bludgeon Brothers? Are they going to? What are What are the options that they have? How do you rejuve, rejuvenize this team? No, I mean, honestly, I hope they start by dropping this awful gimmick. It's been terrible since it started. I've never liked the Bludgeon Brothers. I love the Wyatt family. I think Luke Harper could be an easy main eventer one day based on his singles run, uh, especially if you can remember his matches with Dean Ambrose for the IC title. This guy can go, and uh, I just think they need to go back to being the Wyatts. That gimmick is awesome. It always was awesome. There's no reason for it to go. You still have a lot of life left in it. A lot of stories to be told. So in a perfect world for me, man, I'd love to see them both come out at the Rumble, classic Wyatts, and then Bray comes out and they enter the Rumble like together some way. I know that probably won't happen, but that would just, I think, blow the roof off of the arena. Um, yeah, I'd love to see that happen. I do not like the Bludgeon Brothers gimmick and their fake hammers. It's stupid. <laughs> it's always been stupid. Well, you guys know my feelings, and I'll just say it to the, to the listeners. Um, Bray Wyatt for, you know, a few years was like my favorite wrestler. And I was so bought into the Wyatt family gimmick because it was, it was something different. And it just seemed like the potential for what they could do was just limitless. And, you know, there was a lot of comparison to, you know, this is the guy that's going to kind of replace the Undertaker in terms of that type of character. You know, he gets his Cena match at WrestleMania. He gets his Undertaker match at WrestleMania. Um, he gets the WWE title. He defends it at WrestleMania, even though I wasn't happy with the way that title match resulted. And the bugs. The bugs on uh, the ring. Uh, don't get me started. I was there live. It was so awkward. Like, <laughs> it was such an awkward moment to see, like, however many thousand people were in that arena just be like, what? But it's WWE just, it, they did not know how to use them. And it blows my mind because I was just listening to a podcast, Eric Bischoff's podcast, talking to, or I mean, was it Eric's or Tony Schiavone's? I can't remember. Oh no, it was Tony Schiavone's because they were going over the 90, no, it was um, Bruce Pritchard, sorry. <laughs> the 99 Rumble. The 99 Rumble and they had the Undertaker, and this was the um, the the Bat Undertaker, the one that came down with the wings, and he's got the uh, the the teardrop because apparently he killed somebody because you know that's what teardrops are. Um, how do you? They came up with that idea. How do you not know how to use a cult like leader type gimmick? How? There's so many different ways they could have used it. Well, they could have started by having him win some feuds. That was the problem. The guy never won any of his feuds. He had a great feud with John Cena that should have gone his way. He had a great feud with The Undertaker that should have gone his way. But any feud that Bray Wyatt was in was destined for the other person to come out on top. And that's the reason why I believe the character failed. Yeah, it's the same thing they're doing with Samoa Joe. 
Yeah, yeah. It's you, when you don't win a feud, then at what point does anybody care that you're fighting for something? And then when you jump, then when all of a sudden they make you win just because, then you're just like, okay, okay. So it doesn't what I mean would like, as much. So, so just to say what I would like to see happen, yes, I'm kind of along the uh, side of Ed. Go go back to the original gimmick. Get all three of those guys out there. Clean the house up. Good Lord. Have Bray Wyatt win. Have Bray Wyatt win. Have somebody that isn't even being built up right now just win. Don't shake your head because you, you you know that this is... Nobody Wyatt cares Wyatt. about Bray Wyatt, Corey. Well, Nobody cares. <laughs> they didn't. They never cared about him. They never did anything with him. They're not putting the Wyatt brothers or Wyatt family back together with his rocky chair and his little electronic... <laughs> Lantern. Uh, one can only hope. You're probably right, Chris, because I feel like he's going to get repackaged. So, I mean, we may see him at the Rumble, but he may not even be Bree Wyatt, which will be just sad. Be Husky Harris? It, I know. Going back full Husky circle. Harris? No. Full circle. <laughs> if he goes back to Husky Harris, I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, Fitness got, is going to take You got to at least give no. us the episode after that. No, no. Mr. Fitness is going to take my spot. That's it. Oh, I'm God. not doing oh, the podcast great. anymore. Great. <laughs> Mr. Fitness. Who's that a threat for? Anyway, it is now time for the mid-card wrap-up. Which starts every week, speaking of, with Mr. Fitness's Sits and Fits of the Week. Good Lord, Jim Rats. I don't know what I just heard. I can't believe Corey even thought of putting my name in the hat to sit with these idiots to actually do a podcast. What in God's name? Hello, wannabe gym rats. Mr. Fitness here for the weekly sits and fits. Vince McMahon is changing things here in the WWE, and nothing says change like Mandy trying to have an affair. Oh, Alexa Bliss almost topless? Ah, the women's revolution. (laughs) It's evolving. Well, the big bad doofus among men has done it again. Braun has officially buried himself and is out of the universal title match. All this because the man couldn't cut a promo. Really, Braun? You couldn't cut a promo to a man who actually doesn't talk? I mean, the man barely fights. How much ammo do you need? He has a big, fat, ugly Jewish guy talking for him. How much ammo do you need for the promo, Braun? Please, let me help you. Why does WWE hate the revival? I mean, come on. A backstage interview with Apollo, Kurt Hawkins, EC3, the B-Team, Heath Slater, and Rhino, all during the stupid match? Are you kidding me? Who actually wants to hear those idiots talk? I mean, that's worse than the stupid bathroom break matches that happen on WWE. The Stone Cold Becky Lynch transformation is almost complete. Cool jacket? Check. Cool vehicle backstage entrance? Check. Bad attitude? Check. A similar ring entrance to Stone Cold? 
Check. Battling Peyton Royce? Well, Corey probably thought it was a great idea. <laughs> Would someone please help the new Daniel Bryan get the mustard off his pants? <laughs> I mean, God! I, for one, am appalled that AJ Styles is offering these unhealthy, poor hygiene, Morlocks, hot dogs, and free merchandise. I'm offended. So you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do what all the Morlocks do when they get upset. I'm gonna do a Insta post and complain so I can make myself feel important. Oh, wait a minute. Are you offended? Too bad. Send all the irrelevant emails to 123yeswrestling at gmail. I'm sure Chris will listen to you. That's this week's Mr. Fitness's Sits and Fits. Don't sit, just stay fit. Alright, I appreciate setting up the hate mail to come to me. I got... That should be fun to him tomorrow to uh, go through. Yeah, I, was, uh, I, I don't know, man. It sounded like he was having a bad day, too. Sounds like it. Conveniently, you both had bad days. Hmm. His bow, <laughs> his bow flex wasn't delivered on time. Uh, <laughs> still waiting for those Christmas sales, huh? He's still annoyed by the resolutioners at the gym. Ah, uh, yeah, that's usually a bummer. That'll die out soon, and there's some people like me that just never want at all. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so speaking of Raw and SmackDown and the mid-card wrap-up and all that good stuff, Corey brought the question during our little chat earlier this week. Do we think that the WWE is forcing too many women's firsts just to do it? Yeah, you know what, and... And when I sent it, it was just like, it just popped into my head randomly, and it was right in the middle of when they announced the um, the tag team titles were going to be defended in an Elimination Chamber match. So, yeah, and just to bring everyone up, they did announce on the moment of Bliss with Alexa Bliss that they're going to have the women's WWE Tag Team Championship match at the Elimination Chamber with three Raw teams and three SmackDown teams, with the winner being the inaugural Tag team champs. And and my only, you know, the reason why the thought comes up is I, I kind of look at first, you know, because I like first. But just like anything, you know, it's like if you do too much of something, it kind of loses its uh, uniqueness, the, the special uh, feeling of it. And right now I just feel like, and I mean, I don't have a timeline of everything, but it's like we had the, you know, Hell in the Cell... We've had the Royal Rumble. Um, we've had a Raw main event. We've had a SmackDown main event. Um, I think we've had uh, the Last Woman Standing. It's it just seems like there's like a whole line over a short period of time of all these first that they mention, and I'm just wondering is it is it overkill? Well, not only is it overkill, but it's hypocrisy. And I know we're going to get into this, but I'm going to say it right now. The, the the announcement of the tag titles, amazing. And I like the way the belts look, actually. I think they're pretty decent-looking belts. Excited for this uh, women's elimination chamber match. 
And then, um, you know, we've got all these firsts happening. And then we decide to have two segments this week where we have Mandy Rose seducing um, someone, you know, trying to break up a marriage, a la the Attitude Era. And then we have a segment where, um, you know, a, a stage hand walks in on Alexa Bliss, almost topless. And um, I'm just confused. Maybe Corey can shed some light onto why they felt that they had to take two steps back in their women revolution, because that's what I took it as. Wait, oh, Jesus. Now you're about to get me going. What, what? What's wrong with it? What is actually wrong with the segment? Oh, almost topless? I mean, really? Are we really going to get offended by that? Really? My attitude, bring back attitude fans... Are you guys offended? Are you offended by the fact that she was almost topless, but then Sable comes out and her bikini top was actually printed hands? What? Or, <laughs> What's funny is that both of those women actually wear less to the ring on a normal basis. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yes, that's a good point. Mandy Rose was wearing more wearing lingerie than she wears when she comes to the ring. So, what are we trying to do to these women? I, I don't understand what is so bad about it. The uh, Uso segment—it's like it, it's story. It's to make it's to make it feel a little bit different. Come on, and I said last week some of the stuff that happened in the Attitude Era. I just don't get it. My problem with the the Mandy Rose segment and the Uso was that it was all televised. So, like, how is he even going to get away with an affair or do anything when it's just on camera? So, now, are we not supposed to think that Naomi watches the show? Because, like, that just makes it, it just, I couldn't get past that wall of disbelief that, like, he was, like, he, he was literally looking, he was in the hall outside with the hotel key looking around for somebody to make sure he doesn't get seen. But there's a cameraman literally right there next to him, just pointing at him. Did that cameraman not count? Is him recording this just doesn't, like, that was that was what hurt me with the segment. And I understand it's wrestling, and there's sometimes you can see the cameras, and sometimes you can't. But that, just to me, just pulled me completely out of any caring of that segment. Because I'm just like, well, it, it, it just was really weird. And against popular opinion, because Corey is putting me into a, you know, a Morlock category right now. <laughs> um, I just want to make it quite clear. Nobody likes puppies like Eddie Money, okay? <laughs> like, I was a big fan of the Attitude Era in the 90s. I'm not complaining, but when you've got Stephanie McMahon, you know, having these amazing speeches about women empowerment and we're going to do all this for the women and it's a first for us and it's a first for this and we're doing this for the ladies. We're giving you the divas revolution. And then fast forward two years, we're trying ratings grabs to try, you know, to just pull ratings up basically by let's see if we can just put some shock value back into the product. It just seems kind of like cheap to me. I don't know, especially after you said you were going to go this path and clean up the product. Now you're just going to go back to making it, you know, edgy and dirty again. But there's a piece of the audience that wants stuff like that. It's it, you got to have different types of things happening on your show to get a broader audience. And let's look at Mandy's character. I mean, come on, Ed, let's be real. Are you really looking at Mandy like a legitimate wrestler? 
she's a sexual character. She's it's it's sex appeal. That's what she is. She's not going to put together a Charlotte Flair match. I'm sorry. I'm calling it. And well, I'm not sorry as long as Corey Graves keeps oogling her. He, he killed her. He killed her. He's his just like, oh my god. And him doing his best PG version of puppies when every time she comes out and he starts yelling at people, I, man, I don't like Corey Graves. <laughs> Made that quite clear. I know. Hey, you know, we might need to ease up on Corey Graves because, you know, it's like part of this is like, you gotta, he, they gotta keep it limited because they got advertisers and investors. That's what really, like, makes this product kind of crappy is that there's too many limitations put on them. Well, the good news, Corey, is that I guess the, both of these segments were the most viewed YouTube clips on WWE, uh, on WWE's YouTube page. So maybe we'll get to see more of the hypocrisy. So, 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 so wait a minute. So wait a minute. Then it isn't a problem then? I don't or know. We just got, or, or I don't we know. just got a bunch of people that want to rant for the sake of ranting. It's What's the problem? For the sake of ranting. These, are, you know, the same people who are very vocal about wanting the Attitude Era back are the same ones that bitched about the tampon spot, and they complain about Natty's Jim Nanville Nineheart getting put on a table, and you know, it's and if you did any of these things that they did in the Attitude Era, that these people, half of them, probably weren't even alive for the Attitude Era and don't even know what it is. They just have this image in the head or nostalgia goggles where you look back i mean i you go back and look back at the attitude era and there wasn't anything i mean they had bigger than life characters everybody had a storyline which was nice regardless of the storyline yeah they did do some crazy crap about you know chopping off penises and yes sable doing all of her stuff and like they did some things that they didn't that they could because they weren't had to answer to stockholders they didn't have to do any of that stuff so they could just do whatever they want and it was the 90s were a crazy time i was watching the 90s on netflix the documentary and just the stuff that people were trying to see what they could get away with everybody was doing in the 90s nobody's doing that now everyone's offended by everything including the same people who you affectionately titled morlocks they want to be able to see this just so they can bitch about it later and go on and on about how, you know, oh, look, this is appalling that they did that. No matter what WWE does, they're going to shout them out as being wrong. They're the same ones that are saying that Cody Rhodes is Jesus Christ and he's here to save wrestling. It's the same people who are just, like, going to hate on anything WWE does. So if they sit there and say, but you know what they're going to do? They're going to boost the YouTube numbers on Mandy Moore taking off her top and being in lingerie because they want to watch that, but they're not going to tell anybody that they want to watch it. They're going to tell you how stupid it was. So, fine, let's do... A brawn panties match at WrestleMania, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey, a five-star wrestling match finished with a brawn panties finish for the women's title. Let's do it. If we're going to go back, let's go back. Change.org. Make it happen. <laughs> really? Ed, really? Now you're Change. just making a mockery of the whole thing. No, you know what? Here's the thing. So I'm calling. I'm putting the Morlocks on the spot then. Email us at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com and tell me what you want. Because here's the thing. I'm going to call you out. I don't think you know what you want. And maybe Chris is right. Maybe you just want to complain for the sake of complaining. But if that's the case, I'm sorry. Your opinion's irrelevant. Because you're not, that's not productive. That's not productive. That's not, that, that, those are the fans that annoy me. 
Well, I feel really good. Thanks for letting me vent about that, guys. This is why I love being with you guys on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It, it was it was weird. Yeah, to watch. Yeah, let's let's bring up the women, and we're going to do tags, but then we're going to walk in on you. Okay, whatever. But yeah, it's just it's kind of like this weird in this middle ground of you know, and they seem to be just testing the waters. We'll get into here in a minute. They seem to be just testing a lot of different waters at the moment, trying to figure out what people want. And with nobody being able to tell you, or there's the only people that are telling you screaming loud enough are the people who are, can't make up their mind, they don't know what to do. So they're just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And you know what? As Corey, I think, said, it's the highest rated YouTube clips this week with all of those views because sex sells, you know, regardless of how bad a segment was and how bad a hotel room brawl it was between Mandy and uh, Naomi and how they didn't have the opposite Uso show up. I mean, that that's like rights itself there. He should have been like, hey, Uso, why don't you go, oh, that here's, been here's so the room cool. key. You know, I mean, it's like you have an identical twin that he could just go and be like, and I think that, I feel like they did do that because he, she, he even said my wife. So I have a feeling that they did do that, and that would be their thing. That wasn't even me. But then Naomi showed up, and I think that, that it would have been better if they didn't have Naomi show up. And they would have had him leave. And then Mandy Rose would have came out last week with a bunch of pictures and been like, well, this is you. And he'd be like, no, that's actually my brother. I was out to dinner with Naomi and have a bunch of pictures of that. And then you end the segment nice and clean, and you know you insinuate that the other Uso brother banged Mandy Rose. And, you know. That just blew my mind. I mean, if you're going to write a segment like this, this is what you're going to do. This is why AEW needs writers. You know, you can't just make this shit up. I was, I was just about to say, I was like, Chris, you know, go send your resume over to AEW. Can, I, I believe not too long it. ago they actually had a thing saying that they were, I saw someone post something that said, hey, for writers, for this, that, and the other. And Cody was like, oh, send all your stuff over here to AEW. We'll look at your resume and we'll hire you. Now we're not hiring any writers because everyone bitches about the WWE and how they have too many writers. So we're going to say we don't have any writers because that's what people want to hear. And he's he's singing the Morlock song. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think it's time for our main uh, event. After we uh, right. went through that, and I don't know, we might get canceled after that one. Um, <laughs> it's time for our main event. There were a lot of changes to the product this week for wow. Raw and SmackDown with a lot of things that they wanted to do. I'm not sure where you guys want to kind of start with it if we just want to go straight to the top there and start trickling uh, down from there. Yeah, Let's yeah, start. no, no, yeah. no, I'm going right to the top because uh, I'm ready to vent right now, so. Vent, uh, just, just do it. Tell us what you tell go. us what's what's on your mind, Corey. Okay, so I I got an issue with this Braun thing, this Braun Strowman thing. This was a bad call on WWE. Um, so what they do? So just for the people who so might he, not have seen he, it or heard about okay, it. Okay, yeah. so all right, so so WWE this week, you know, went with an angle where um, Braun Strowman. Uh, as Mr. Uh, fitness, fitness put it, buried himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, had a, uh, I, I don't know if you want to call it a confrontation or just, you know, a, a run-in with Vince McMahon and, you know, it, it, it didn't go as well and it started off with a $100,000 fine and then eventually it led to him getting kicked off the match and then he decides to tip a limo, which I think is now just getting overdone. So he's out. And 
I I was texting you guys about it, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, this is just a a, a swerve, bro, um, where they're just going to eventually lead us back to Braun um, getting back in, because I thought it was just they were trying to rebound him after his rough promo. But clearly, that wasn't the case at all. He wasn't even in the match to to try to get the the match back. So he's out, and then Balor's in. So what's your issue? Here's my so so my issue is this: When's the Rumble? Uh, next Sunday, week from this Sunday. So a week from this Sunday mm-hmm. is the Rumble, and we've been promoting. Strowman versus Brock Lesnar since when? How long ago? It's it's been a few months. November. Tech technically, you could take this back. To, yeah, you could take this back to Crown Jewel. Wait, that's called WWE World Cup now. Just remember. Oh, World Cup. What's... Remember, Braun Strowman said that in his promo. Brock, you hid from me at WWE World Cup. I'm like, oh, it's not Crown Jewel anymore, huh? It's, wow. I actually <laughs> has it been renamed catch... or did he just forget it? But yeah, he called that pay per view wow. WWE World Cup. Wow. So. So, so this this had such a long build to it. Finish it, finish it. Now, so who do you go with? Balor. I don't. I I don't like how this all came together. Balor went from a few months ago, really just kind of being a over smiling, kind of irrelevant player. And then they started to do a slow build on him, and I'm like, okay, you know, they're starting to make him a little more relevant, but not enough to put him in that main event picture with Brock Lesnar, uh, what, less than two weeks before the Rumble. Now you've just taken this opportunity to do the Beast um, versus what could be the Demon, which I don't think they're going to go with right now because you can't build it. And this is a blown opportunity. I, I, I can understand your frustration. I really can. And, but I really think we need to look at the possibilities of why, too. So there's a lot of rumors out there, obviously. I, I personally do think, I do agree with Corey that I do think this is a reactionary move. I think that this was done because, uh, of the rough promo, but I also think it has to do with AEW. I think that, um, we're hearing more and more stories about, uh, Things such as, I know uh, I just read something on 411 Mania that Vince had a meeting saying that they would be competitive with contracts and things like that. And uh, I would not be surprised, in all honesty, if Finn Balor does win this match at the Rumble. Um, to set up for some type of match where we get potentially a Seth Rollins versus a Finn Balor for the Universal title. But I also would not be surprised if Vince gives us the Demon versus Brock Lesnar and gives the Demon a loss just to shut up fans. So it it really puts us in a very interesting place. Now, I've also heard, and this could also be legit too, that Braun just isn't cleared to fight. And that's why they wanted to take back this match and potentially give it back to him at Mania. Um, A lot of different scenarios could come about, but I do believe that uh, by putting Finn Balor in this match... Um, it's a big deal, and it's even a bigger deal that, that during the promo you actually had uh, a moment where Vince says, I don't think you can do it, and oh, I ne- you never believed in me, Vince, you never believed in me. So I think they're trying to get behind Balor again, but yeah, to Corey's point, it's all very sudden and kind of like you went from smiley Balor to now 
this guy's in the main event at Royal Rumble. Well, and that's the problem with just all of this. Like, we're going to come out and we're going to take control of the show and we're going to change and we're going to do this because then that's what they've done. It's like, well, okay, you guys like the Revival, so they're going to get a tag team title match and we're going to let them let them run around in that main event. Oh, Finn Balor, you guys have been complaining that Finn Balor hasn't been doing anything. All right, Finn Balor, you're fighting Brock Lesnar. You guys have always wanted to see Brock Lesnar and Finn Balor. All right, here it is. You know, it's, so they did the same thing kind of almost with Daniel Bryan at Survivor Series, kind of did that swerve. Now, granted, same with this situation. There was always, there was talk about AJ Styles not wanting to give him the loss, just like here. What, I mean, realistically, if Braun Strowman, I really, I'm excited that Finn Balor's in this match because I really didn't care about Brock and Braun. I haven't cared about them for the first five times that they fought. I didn't care about him this one when they talked about it at Crown Jewel, when they talked about it at TLC, that he's this is where he's going. I don't want to see it, especially if Braun's going to lose. If Braun is going to lose, then what is the point of him being in that match? There's no point in him being in that match watch him lose again because then what's, I mean, why? Why at this point, why would I even care if he wins the title? Whenever he does win it, because he'll win it at some point, why do I even care? Because he just keeps losing. I mean, you give someone a shot. When you give anybody, if I had six shots at the Universal title, I would hope I'd be able to win one. I mean, that's just statistics. You know, you give me a hundred times, chances are once I'm going to win. So, I mean, it's like, why do I care? It's the same problem they have with Samoa Joe when he loses and loses and loses and loses and loses. By the time he actually wins, I'm not going to give a shit because, of course, he's got to win at some point. But then when he drops the title in three months, and who cares? So, it's the same situation with this. I mean, I'd rather see Balor come in, and now I at least have this question of is he gonna win could he win i didn't have that with Strowman because i didn't think there was a chance in hell that he was actually going to win that title he was just there to do it now balor yeah chances are he's probably going to lose chances are they'll do the demon and he'll lose because people have been complaining about not having the demon but then at least it's there's a question mark now I'm actually interested in this match just because, yes, the build could have been better. Yes, they could have done more with it, and we still got one more week, so they might do some kind of build. But you have to kind of at least, it's weird because they're making all of these changes, and they're kind of doing this, and they want to listen to the fans and say, this is what you guys want, so let's give it to you. But then when we get it, then we're like, oh, well, they just gave it to me with no build. (laughs) Well, I think that we still don't trust it. We still just don't trust it. Like... I'm super thrilled about Finn Balor in this match, but we just, in the back of our heads, feel we're just going to get slapped in the face, and I think that's why no one trusts it. But but you are going to get slapped in the face, because it's going to be not only a loss, which is a wasted match, but it's going to be a loss without even the demon making an appearance. I guarantee it. There will be no demon, even though it is the easiest story to build, the beast versus the demon, and you're, you're going to just not even go with it. That, and then I know some of you are going to say, well, this can build up for another match later on. Well, it's too late then, because once you do this match, it's already in everyone's mind. Like, Chris can't get over the fact that Braun's already lost multiple times, and that's why he's not invested in the match, and I, I understand his perspective. So you, this is a blown opportunity. This is poor long-term thinking, in my opinion. So now would you have rather just kept going with Braun? I would have Braun and Lesnar and whatever? Yes. Yes, I, I would That's have assuming he's this. cleared. Uh, assuming he's cleared. If, if he's injured, I get it. And uh, Ed makes a good point. There's probably a good chance that he isn't cleared. Because to me, I don't understand why you would 
make this decision knowing how many months of buildup you've put into this. And then Chris, I think you were talking and you can clarify it for me. Um, that part of this, you know, this thing with, uh, the, the matchup and, and, and the changes and stuff, there was something about, uh, selling tickets. Yeah. Meltzer said he put out that he said that the, the plan has always been Balor and Lesnar at the rumble for the past, like, weeks and even Lesnar said he wants to fight Balor because he supposedly loves fighting the smaller guys and who he knows he can put on a good match with he doesn't give a shit about Strowman because he knows he can't put on a good match with Strowman so he's not excited about it and he just is the bigger guys he doesn't like to wrestle this is what Meltzer says so then the plan was always to do this but because they have the stadium that they got to sell out they felt that Strowman and Lesnar is going to sell more tickets so now we get this two week we get this one week build for Balor, next week we pitch, and I still feel like they're going to do the Demon and the Beast. They're they're not going to pass that up. I think they're going to do it. Um, that's my we'll talk we'll talk next week whether who's right or wrong on that. But um, they'll do, do their one week build next week, and they'll do this match. And now they're going to get all the people who didn't care about Strowman and Lesnar in the last two weeks. These tickets are now going to go. Oh shit, Balor and Lesnar. Yeah, I'm going to that because if you had an opportunity, that would sell a ticket to me more than Strowman Lesnar. So you got all of the people who wanted that one. Now it's if that's true, that's kind of shitty, you know, to do that bait and switch, to do that type of uh, thing where people are expecting one WWE title match and gets another. Whether or not any of that's true, I don't know. That was just what Meltzer said on his show. I, I just, I just think if you know, for WWE, for as big of a company as it is, and and having what nearly forty writers, I just would have thought if you had to make some changes, I just, t- to me, I'm just not impressed. I, I, f- I feel like you could have done a better job because to me, this is. This is like someone who has no experience in, in booking and, and they're just, uh, almost impulsively making decisions. So do you guys think at all that this is a reaction to AEW? No. No. I, I no, no, I, I, I don't. And cause why? The only and reason is, that I would that I would even suspect it is after Rumble. So if we see Finn Balor go over Brock Lesnar and get the title at the Rumble, I feel like that's a move to say, hey, we care about what you guys think. You wanted this guy on top. He's back on top. And let's see what kind of matches we can give him to keep you as an engaged audience. I just wouldn't see that ever happening without everything that's happening outside of the WWE right now. I I don't understand why it would happen if it does. That's just my my thoughts. Well, I think a lot of that is just with the the dwindling ratings and with them trying to do. I would think the only thing that it would have to do with AEW was if Finn Balor's contract was coming up and they feel like they owed it to him to try to make sure he doesn't jump. 
if they if they're worried about that. Some of those guys like AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Shinsuke, I don't see them going anywhere. I mean, even I know AEW can handle hand them money, but like I said, they're all in pretty decent spots making money and doing their thing and I just can't see I can't see them at this stage jumping. I could see WWE paying them more money not to. So I think all all of them if I mean, Shinsuke and AJ, I feel like they're about to bank regardless because if AEW can pay the money that they're saying that they're paying and WWE doesn't want to lose them to that company they're going to pay them so I mean AJ Styles is about to make some money um, <laughs> with his contract being up but if Finn Balor's contract is being up and I felt like this was like well he always wanted Lesnar let's let's do this the people will enjoy it he'll enjoy it show that we're going to do something with him now whether or not he goes over uh, my other thought would be is if Strowman was set to win the Rumble and this way you get him in the Rumble to win that to go fight Brock at Mania, which I don't want any of that. And if that's the plan for this, then that's even more frustrating. So if Balor comes out and loses, and then you get Strowman in the Rumble to win the Rumble instead of McIntyre, instead of Rollins, instead of The Miz, ugh, like that's going to be rough if that's their thought process on that like let's save it for mania you know because i have a feeling if lesnar's gonna lose this title it's gonna be at mania like i just don't see him dropping the belt at rumble so it's who's who who's who are they gonna use to lesnar to get over i i i don't even know at this point because i you know every time i try to predict who it's gonna be they they don't do it or they don't do it at the time that i'm expecting so well don't predict don't yet Corey. that's next week Next week, we'll give our predictions on what happens, and we'll see how they build this Balor match and what they decide to do. Maybe Lesnar will come out and F5 them six or seven times and destroy them, and we'll opposite momentum that crap all the way to a universal title win for Big Finn. Never know. Also this week, we had all the call-ups. Everybody showed up this week. Everybody. Just whether we wanted them to or not, they just were all... They were all just there, wait, wait, hanging around. Wait, 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 wait. We're, we're going to call these call-ups? I mean, is that what we're going to use as a word? Because... <laughs> yeah. the, what? The, the new roster members of Raw and or SmackDown being called down from NXT? <laughs> yes, that's that what, what you're it going is. For, it's, the a call, call downs? It's, a, it, it, it's a call-down? Because I don't know what you want to call no. that. I... I think that this was the absolute worst way to introduce some very good new talent. Um, besides Nikki Cross, who I thought had a really nice debut, you know, with a proper entrance and a proper, you know, match. Thank God. Like, you know, but then you have EC3. At least one did. EC3. They cut that out of Hulu. Yeah, you got EC3. I didn't see Nikki Cross. <laughs> you got EC3. You didn't get to see Nikki around. Cross? Oh, they, so they, that whole six, that whole, all the tag matches were pulled out of the Hulu cut. So I didn't see any of the, I didn't see any of the interviews during the revival match. So I never saw EC3 or any of that stuff on Raw. And then I didn't see until I was watching stuff later, recap stuff. I did that so, women's tag match that got cut. So I didn't see Nikki Cross. So, so you didn't get to see EC3 do his ridiculous poses? That's all he did. I saw him on SmackDown. All he did was smile <laughs> and pose. Well, he smiled and posed, yeah, and then he was in that stupid segment, the the, the backstage interview during the uh, revival match. Like he like his face popped up or something. I don't even remember. And let's talk about heavy machinery. <laughs> you know, this was a this is a group I actually thought would work out very well on the main roster. I thought the gimmick 
you know, didn't didn't really do anything for me in NXT, but I said, you know, this is a Vince gimmick. He likes these kind of guys. And we get what we got. We get what's his name? Dozovic or you know, he's like They were making shakes. Just they coming were making out shakes. Just coming out acting like he's on the special bus. Like what? He made a he made a shake. Well, he Becky did that Lynch on SmackDown. Just... He came out and started speaking in tongues on the Alexa Bliss segment, just <laughs> rambling on. And the crowd, no one knew who he was. So this dude comes out with no introduction, starts mumbling like he's putting a curse on people, and then and the crowd's just dead. Like, no one has any idea what this dude's talking about. Paul Heyman and Alexa Bliss are like, I'm sorry. You know, it's like, where is this and dude's that's... mom? And why and... Is, did he, like, get let out of the back? And that segment, uh, Lexa Bliss's segment, ended weird after that. It yeah, was just well, like a you sudden, think? like, shutdown. You think? Where do you go after that? What was the point of that? So now, I do not take heavy machinery seriously at all, and the gimmick is ruined forever. It's... Uh, th- God, and this is why NXT needs to be a third brand. Don't call them up. Just make the brand as big as SmackDown and Raw. God, it's well, stupid. That's what it sounds like they're doing. Triple H just did that interview where he said that's where he sees all of these divisions, NXT UK, NXT Raw, SmackDown. People just going. There'll be some people who never leave NXT. There'll be some people who go back and forth. He wants to see it to where anybody can show up on NXT and those shows and then be able to go back and forth. Um, that's They really need to have a lot more floating going on. Having... Oh. Uh, Finn Balor show up on the NXT UK TakeOver and have a match was cool, even though I didn't see it because I fell asleep because I was all sick. But it was a cool idea. Bringing some of these people around, yes, they need to move these people around. I mean, yeah, they all want their shot on the big payday. They all want the WrestleMania. They all want to get on Raw and SmackDown because wouldn't you? So it's like you got to give them that opportunity, but being able to be used around would be very beneficial for a lot of them. And I just don't understand why can't we use them the same way that they were used in NXT? Why? It doesn't work. Nobody knows who they are. That's the same but, thing they had with Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze had came up with the exact same gimmick and, and everyone sat on their hands and just was like, wait, what? When you go, but, uh, Bo Dallas, every, everything he did got over. But all those guys started in NXT as nobodies. I mean, you, you can, you can, you know, get the audience to, to get invested. You just gotta have time to do it. It's, yeah. it's just the same form. I, yeah, I just don't Corey, get it. it. Corey, I think you're answering your own question. And I think the issue is the writers. There's 40 writers on the main product. NXT is a very limited scope product controlled by not as many people, and I with, with the crowd different, of people it, with, with a very small crowd. So, in a group of forty people, this is what they decided to do with heavy machinery. Yep, none of them watch NXT. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you don't be a writer. You don't be a writer for WWE if you do not watch the product. And well, when Vince I say the product, you got to watch it all. Apparently, Vince then, uh, watched NXT Blackpool and really liked it, and he actually tweeted about it. Because, you know, I guess he's been getting a lot of flack for, like, on not Twitter, what? not watching these other shows. But he made a point to say he watched NXT Blackpool. Well, then then Triple H needs to be taken over soon because I, I can't accept this. I can't accept if you don't know the products on all levels. Because it, everybody knows NXT is, get, you know, these people get called up. So you have to study them. 
So, so how do you how do you introduce a Lacey Evans? So, because uh, she's a very she's... specific gimmick of being that kind of like marine and being the the lady and doing those things. So, with her gloves and being her fancy, how do you? That's a very gimmicky gimmick, I guess. For yeah, lack she, of a better she's word. Very, and, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I hate to say it, but she's out of the whole list. She's the one I'm least familiar with because I, I don't keep up with NXT as much. Um, but okay. Santino was a gimmick, and they got that to work. Well, he so, went once they go full comedy, heavy machinery. In all honesty, will probably be with the speaking of tongues. They'll probably be the biggest over out of all six of this group because, well, Nikki Cross I think will be do all right because they she'll do good. They have their own thing, and heavy machinery they can turn them comic. And you can run with that. There's a lot of things that a lot of these wrestlers, if you need to be able to be able to work the comedy. Braun Strowman, that is one of his strong suits, that he can go from monster to comic and back and being able to embrace that thing because that's what they want all of their wrestlers to be able to do. So heavy machinery coming in and being able to make fools of themselves, you know, it just stinks that it's their debut. Like, you never even see them do a match. You just have them coming out and making shakes and babbling. EC3. I mean, what do you what do you do with how how would you do I, EC3? I mean, oh, what's your no EC3 so easy. I mean, I, he's got the look. You can go total heel on him. He's got that arrogant, you know, that arrogant of uh, appeal to him. I mean, good lord, they know what he did in TNA. They're not stupid. They watch that product, but you can't watch NXT. He's literally he's called like, Ethan Carter the Third on WWE's product. Like so. They gave him the same name, so obviously That's, they're not afraid to talk about it. Use it. Impact is not going to sue you. No, he God. he he is the easiest. Like I said, you just you. I mean, realistically, if you really want to be lazy about it, you just make him ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah, you, I mean, I mean, He's even kind of if you just want to be lazy. You just but have him just, ravishing Rick rooted. I mean, it seems like that's what they're doing anyway. See, I just wish they would go back to what they used to do with call-ups or, you know, new talent where you had some really cool promos. I remember being super excited for Alberto Del Rio because his promos where he was in his villas talking and the promos were strong. And then his first debut is like he comes out with the car and Ricardo Rodriguez is his announcer. It's like, man, you put everything into that first shot with the audience. And if they did, to Corey's point, if they did just that, that even that little bit extra with like a Tyler Breeze, like have cameramen coming out, taking his picture and stuff on his debut rather than whatever they did. But it's like, if they just make these people important, they will be important. If they don't make them important, they're not going to be important. Simple. Yeah. Tyler Breeze, they should have been, they should have had like paparazzi outside in front of the arena interviewing him. They should have had people trying to take his picture. They should have, like I said, treated him like he was important and like he was this big fashion thing and have him, they, you know, like I said, you start setting up these segments, you start setting up these, these vignettes before these people debut and you really learn who they are. So when, when Tyler Breeze, I was going to say Tyler Rose, that's a whole other. Adam Rose. 
Um, but you know, you get some of these people and you really build them up, and yeah, you make a big deal out of them. Here, they're just standing around in the back. It seems like they're trying to do that by having them there, but then it's just awkward where it's just like you know, you just have EC3 just pose flexing in a mirror while Rey Mysterio walks by, and Nikki Cross shaking like Rey Mysterio is walking through a haunted house. I mean, that's what that looked like on SmackDown. Is he's just walking through yeah. the house of horrors and having you know one on one dude posing and flexing in a mirror and another one shaking a fence and you're just like you're not introducing any of these people you're just having them there like it's weird it, it's it weird work. and then we Nick- have Lars Sullivan who <laughs> is no showing these shows that he was it the second week in a row he no-showed, or was it just last week and they didn't try again? I heard it was last week, and I heard it was due to anxiety, which I don't get, but yeah. It's very strange, because I knew that they had big plans for this guy, and uh, you know, if he did no-show, that's a huge deal, and I'm sure it's not going to go well if he continues to do it. Yeah, I I, I don't know much about the story of the... Of the anxiety, I mean, because I know that that's a legitimate, you know, thing that people do have. So I, I don't necessarily want to start bashing them. I know I've been like bashing a lot of things today in this episode. So no, I mean, if that's if that's true, and he really just freaked out, no pun intended, with him being the freak along with the Almighty and the new. But I mean, if I mean, he really did have anxiety and really did have an attack and stuff. That's terrible. I've had those before. I mean, I'm I'm aware and I feel for him and that's terrible and I really hope he gets over it, gets through it, does what he has to do. I don't think they'd hold that against him. It just depends on what it is. I know there was a story for uh that I was hearing with like Abyss, and Abyss was set to come to WWE um a bunch of years ago now and TNA was kind of in their thing and he was set with a contract to fight the undertaker at wrestlemania you know for i think 30 or 31 or something he was supposed to fight the undertaker and they were setting him up with this whole big let's bring in abyss and let's push it and that was one of the rumors he's kind of went against it but i think tommy dreamers and some other people have came out and said that he basically just had severe anxiety and that was just too big that was just too much and he couldn't do it and he couldn't sign with him and he missed that opportunity because he just couldn't get you know, through it, get to it, you know? So, I mean, stuff like that happens, and that's what it, that reminded me of when I was hearing that, and that's terrible, and I hope he's, you know, working through what he's got to work through. But um, it's just kind of a unique situation, especially since they were building him for so long, and now you're like, well, now what do you do? It's very just confusing because he is got a great presence in the ring, and, uh, you know, the gimmick was strong, and I just, it, it is very, you know, if he's going through something that, you know, that I hope he gets through it, but um, the thing that, you know, might get him in trouble is if he just doesn't come to the shows at all, and I guess that is kind of what I've been hearing is that he just isn't there, and that's um, that that could be an issue. Yeah. And then we had Lashley won the IC title, kind of out of nowhere. The almighty, baby. The, alm- the almighty Bobby Lashley with Leo Rush. I've already got my shirt on the way. I'm officially a Lashley fan after... Downing him in 2019, what a year. What a year so far for this guy. And we're only it's, 17 it's, days in. Yeah, It's nice to see that they're finally going the direction that they should have always went with them. So, no, and and I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the, the direction that this keeps going. And like I said, hopefully it's a lot of good stuff for him. He truly looked happy when he got the belt. And it was a great match, by the way. Like, 
Yeah, really, really good triple threat. But when he won, um, he, he there was a look in his eye like, man, like, all right, this is great. And I know that like they made a mention that he had not had a uh, WWE title for like eleven years or something like that, and that was a crazy stat. So um, good for him. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I was excited. Like I said, the past couple of weeks, I enjoyed. They made him look like a beast uh, the week before when he destroyed everybody. And they did good. I think Leo Rush adding him to talk for him helps. Yeah, I, you know, hopefully we get less of the the glute flexing, Bobby Lashley. But um, I'm 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 along for the ride of what they're doing with. I'm more excited for him to have the IC title than I was for Ambrose and what he was currently doing. But now, where do you go with Ambrose? Right. I mean, we kind of we'll talk next week about what we think with the Royal Rumble and what that'll mean for Rollins. But Ambrose, I mean, is is he just downhill from here? I don't. I don't necessarily think it's a, a downhill. It's just um, it's a turn in the road. So he's going a different direction. I stand by what I said a couple of predictions ago. I think uh, he, I think Ambrose is beyond the IC title. I think you are going to start seeing uh, the post Mania world start develop here soon. So that means that you know if we do see a strong face leaving Mania with that title, I think Ambrose is a great person to. Uh, eventually feud for the universal title, uh, maybe in the summer. So, um, I think he's just moved past it. That's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. They, they needed to get it away from Rollins and Ambrose, and they did. And we'll see what Bobby yeah. Lashley does with it. But I know we've, we've mentioned it a couple times, but next week we're going to do our Royal Rumble prediction show. Talk about, uh, the matches, talk about the men's and women's rumbles, who we think is going to win, what's the magic number that's going to win this year. I mean, we can we can go all in on Rumble. This is my favorite show of the year. Surprise entrance. Surprise entrance. Surprise yes. entrance. Entrance. Will Kenny Omega show up? I oh mean, my we can God. talk about all kinds of stuff. Um, so, I mean, there should be a lot. That should be a good time. I'm excited for, I'm always excited for Rumble time. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you, you, uh, Chris, you know that that's this is my my favorite one. And I'll uh, mention next week. You know the the cool things that I do for for when I watch the Rumble. And uh, let's see. So this is our second pay per view, I believe, since we started the podcast. Yes, this is the second one. Yeah, we did so, TLC and we did Rumble. I don't think we. I think we did. We start after Survivor Series. I, I can't. I, I can't remember. I just know we started doing predictions and stuff, and I'm just trying th- to see. You know, I think what, this is what... our third. I think we did Survivor Series because I think we were debating if we wanted to talk about NXT. Okay. So All I right. I think so... we did Survivor Series, and I think we did uh, yeah. TLC. So this is our third prediction show now, All and right. our first one with with Ed. I'm excited. Yeah. And so, in in the last one that we did with Ed, uh, let's see, my record was, oh, wait a minute. Crap. Yeah, you lost. I lost. You did terrible. Shoot. Me and Chris. Okay, never mind that conversation. Terrible. Well, all I know is I'm going to redeem myself because this is my pay-per-view that I like, so all my predictions are going to come true. So, get ready, guys, because I'm coming in strong with my predictions. Corey. Surprises. Corey, I really think you should come over and we should watch the Rumble on the projector. I think that's what you should do. And then you can rant and rave when your predictions don't come true. And I can see it firsthand. (laughs) Well, spoiler alert, the winner of the men's and the women's Rumble will be the (laughs) Canellis's. Hey, at least I get to hear that awesome theme song twice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you'll hear it twice. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to 123Yes Wrestling. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and join us every Friday on Apple, Google Podcast Services, as well as Spotify and Podbean. And make sure you give us the rating we are looking for, which is how many stars? 
Five stars. Five stars. That's right. Five fingers, Ed. Five stars. <laughs> five, five stars. If you want to join the conversation, don't hesitate to like and shoot us any questions on Facebook or email us at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com. Make sure you leave your name so we can give you a proper shout out. So until next time. Yes, this is Corey St. Morlocks. I do love you. So please, no hate, no hate. This is Ed saying Morlocks. I do not love you, and I hope you send all the hate to Corey's way. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we'll see you next week for the Royal Rumble Prediction Show, guys. Thanks a lot. See you next time.